All right. Here's how this is going to go, Mark. What? We're going to put on these hats. I'm going to inject you with this stuff. And on this plane, we're going to go deep. We're going to go deep in a dream state. And we're going to go in multiple levels. Michael, you're just holding a bag of mushrooms. And they're not even like the drug mushrooms. I think those are prosciutto mushrooms. They are delicious <laughs> mushrooms. How dare uh, I grew these <laughs> with the thing I bought from the ferry building. Did I tell you about that? I grew mushrooms in the ferry building from a mushroom brick. I did not. <laughs> Welcome did not. today. It is a trippy day. A mushroom day a surreal day a wednesday and (laughs) yes welcome and this week we are talking about a a very trippy film which is coming from the most like unlikely of suspects yeah we're diving back into the old weeb shit a retro throwback to the golden age of anime quote unquote yeah. Where everyone believes the golden age of anime was. Yeah, well, like, you know, right when anime was starting to become, like, less of a niche thing and, like, yeah. breaking into the, um... Yeah, but there, like, let's put it this way. There is a... There are... Some stuff does stand the test of time and many things don't. This is actually one of the things that does stand oh, yeah, the test yeah. of time. We're in the platinum age. And we are talking about... Kitties uh, everywhere. <laughs> Urusei Yatsura's second movie, Beautiful Dreamer. Michael brought this to me, and honestly, I had no idea what what, what to expect from it until I started watching the first scene. I was like, "Wait, this is all familiar." Yeah, I've seen this before. So that's the weird thing about this movie, which is um the, the little backstory between this is like I saw this movie when I was like maybe fourteen or fifteen. And I, I saw it when I was skimming through the cutting edge section in On Demand. What? <laughs> yeah, so like I I almost saw all of my anime. When I was in middle school and high school, through the cutting edge section in on demand because that's where they put Wait, down. Wait, you all had anime. on demand in middle school? Yeah, it existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that shit didn't really show up until after TiVo did. No, no, no. It, like it started existing like late middle school for me. Huh. So it's like the last year of middle school, early years of uh, high that's school. That's even earlier for me, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were still in middle school. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it was it, it was there. Shit, I thought that shit didn't come out really till high school. Yeah, I mean, like, there weren't, like, a lot of sections. It was essentially, it's like, oh, you want to watch this shit on HBO? <laughs> Do you pay for HBO? Well, I remember, like, just HBO, like, you couldn't really go on the channel without paying it. Yeah, I mean, you still can't. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I remember seeing this uh, when I was, like, uh, about 14 and not finishing the movie and not remembering what the name was. Mm. And for the longest time, I've been trying to, like, re-extrapolate what it was until, like, maybe uh, three weeks ago, I had typed in blue-haired anime girl uh, leopard <laughs> bikini. That's... And then she showed up. I was like, that's it. That's her. That's Lum, all right. <laughs> yeah, Lum. Invader Lum. Yep. I, lo- I grew up on that series. That was probably one of my earliest mangas I had read. I grew up literally... I grew up, I think, like most 90s kids did, on Rumiko Ta- off Rumiko Takahashi's pen. So, which- Rumiko... Yeah, let's talk about her for a bit. All right, Rumiko Takahashi is probably one of the old... Is definitely one of the oldest. I think she's still around. I don't know if she's still doing stuff. No, she's still around. Uh, she's she's doing, like, a new Exorcist one that she started in 2009. Huh. And, it, like, according to uh, the Wikipedia, it's still ongoing. All right, nonetheless, though, she's famous for doing uh 
doing Inuyasha, yep. uh, Ranma one half, yep, yep, yep. Uh, Lum or Urusei Yatsura, and Mason Ikoku for those who know it, um, Mermaid Saga, and several others. I'm sure I'm not mentioning. She is like, uh, like, I, like, would you qualify like Inuyasha and Ranma one half like kind of like entry level animes? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, so it's like if you turned out to be a weeb today, it's her fault. <laughs> usually, yeah, yeah, usually, most 90 percent of anime fans yeah, these days. Yeah, fantasy is about dogmen coming out of yeah. whales to ravish you. And yeah. trying to collect little pieces of glass across the world. And trying to, <laughs> literally sticking a shard of glass into your arm expecting power. First time I ever saw titties in a comic. First time I ever saw titties in a comic, I think, was actually off of Junji Ito's Tomie. Because I'm not kidding, that was my first manga I well, ever. You started read. hard. I started. With I didn't mean to. St- no, I did not mean to start hard. Yeah. My mother was terrible at putting away her goddamn manga, and she <laughs> loved her horror gruesome shit. And I found that shit, and because of her, I fucking read Tomie as a kid. And my favorite, and probably one of my favorite mangas, which I was the only one I actually completed a collection of, was the fucking Parasite manga, which they made the they made the anime of in the like what 2015. 15, 14 yeah, area. Yeah, it happened like two years ago. Is yeah. it, uh, is Parasite Junji Ido? Uh, no, it is okay. someone else. But I'll say this though, I am so glad they got the studio they did to do Parasite because Parasite's uh, author uh, was not the great, or artist was not the greatest artist in the world. Like okay. she, yeah. her stuff's, or his or her stuff, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, definitely needed work. Like facial expressions were very eh, as well okay. as like, um, well, when, even when you're doing with basically um, a comic basing itself in the, off the movie The Thing, yeah. it was kind of like pr- body proportions and the like were kind of thrown out the window, especially yeah. when you have a man's head open up into like a Venus flytrap monster and eating someone's head. Yeah, well, you can do that with monsters, but it's like you always need that uh, that knowledge of uh, anatomy in well, order yeah. to do it properly. Yeah, no, definitely. And honestly, his thoughts on anatomy were a bit suffering, in my opinion, especially when you get to the idea of where your monsters are essentially just a living mass of stem cell or muscle tissue. Uh-huh. So when you take an x-ray of them, there's nothing in there. So literally, you can have a moment of someone cutting into these monsters, and it's just literally the whole blood. And that's all that's in them. It's all blood. <laughs> yep, they're just a blood balloon that just... It's like, I don't want to bother to learn about the human body. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, you can see parts of the brain being moved uh, around. Kind of thing. No, it was just literally, oh, your head is now clay. Yeah, it's like, you need those other things, though. Yep. You need that brain. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, this... I saw this film, uh, Urusa Yatsura 2, which is a second uh, uh, movie that this, uh, which is based off of the saga. It's uh, its English name is Beautiful Dreamer. Yes. Uh, but like the English translation to the series is uh, those obnoxious aliens. Wait, really? That's it's... I think that's what it is because that's what yeah. I keep uh, which keeps showing up. It's like those obnoxious aliens or some shit like that. And like as I was reading this mo- mo- this movie, I, all of my memories of Urusei Yatsura, all of the com- all of the manga, all of the anime I watched as a kid just came flooding back. So it's a nice like burst of nostalgia for you. Kind of, and reminding me how the hell Ataru became like the king of the harem, so to speak. Like, he wanted his harem so badly, but honestly, he was such a creep, he didn't get it, but he kind of did get it. Yeah. And the fact that he had, usually, he had one girl who still liked him and agreed to marry him if he saved the world, who still has feelings for him, even though he completely 
kind of throws it to the side and is living with this beautiful al- alien chick. Oh, is it like the strong girl? Is it like Shinobu? Yeah, Shinobu. Okay. Yeah, that's right. You probably don't remember so much of the manga. No, because stuff. it's like, the, the, that's the big thing. I had no idea this was part of a series. Yeah, no, like, no joke, like, freaking, like, I have no idea. Like, it is a complete 180 to harems these days yeah. in, the, in series, which I think is actually a good topic in which to talk about itself. Yeah. Is just the fuck, is the fact that this character with, like, little to no social skills is a complete creep out of it. But this movie does summarize, like, Ataru's feelings, the fact that he doesn't just love one girl, he loves quote unquote all yeah. all like many of them so like even though he keeps running away from Lum who's pretty much attached wants to be attached to the hip to him yeah yeah she, he still wants her in his life yeah which in itself is kind of sweet but at the same time a polyamorous relationship is not right for everyone Ataru yeah it's like a polyamorous relationship doesn't work if not everybody you're in a relationship with wants a polyamorous relationship which I think that's his, basically his dream yeah is to get every woman in I mean, that, that, that's literally his dream. Yeah, like, no. We saw it at the end. Yeah. But, like, okay, so let's start uh, summarizing this movie. So, All right. Drunken explanation. I, All right. God, I'm, like, already... All I'm right, at, like, bear with us. Yeah. It's the night before the school festival. You have come... You are working hard on your cafe. You look A Nazi-themed I, cafe. Damn it, Michael. I was building to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in all of its wisdom, the writers decided that Ataru's classroom was gonna build, was making a Nazi-themed cla- with, cafe uh, swastika with swastika, with Russian helmet, uh, bar stools, and a in le- a tank, panzer tank, in yeah. a panzer tank in the middle of their classroom. To which night, everyone keeps asking how the hell he got it in there, and even questions like how the hell he would get it out of there. <laughs> I, I, so I was always uh, when I saw this. I do. I didn't realize what was happening. I didn't understand like a school festival is a thing that happens in Japan, mm-hmm. where it's essentially like everybody themes their classroom or something as like a thing. Yeah. Um. I thought this was like a regular thing in like high school. So I was really looking forward to high school. I, was, like, I can't I wait know. for a Nazi day in high school. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I know a lot about World War II because I watched Band of Brothers when I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I think for me like that I think what helped for me was uh, Call of Duty as yeah. a kid oh yeah, yeah. Call of like Duty Call helps of... you learn what, what the various wars oh my god when like and... the oversaturation of the market was World War 2 oh first my god yes um, was Call of Duty Big Red 1 I remember yeah. was one of them Call of Duty Pacific Theater yep yeah. and then yeah and now we're all future shooters which honestly I don't think is a bad thing yeah, I like yeah. things to be different it's not like oh here's your 12 Here's your six brands of assault rifle, which are essentially the same assault rifle, just we changed it in-game to make them a little different. Yeah. Like, this one's a burst, that one's automatic. But no, this, in the futuristic, give me, like, give me, like, fucking... Remember the Resistance on PS3? I love Resistance. When every weapon in that game pretty much did something completely different. I love the fucking Chimera rifle where it's like you could tag somebody and shoot from Chimera. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, my favorite one was the one that shoot through walls and got more powerful the the more walls it went through. In Resistance 2, my favorite strategy, because they had like an online Mm co-op, was the conga line. So the idea, so, so like the multiplayer resistance uh, 2 was like, it was essentially Team Fortress 2, but like co-op. Mm-hmm. So you could either be the medic, the soldier, or the uh, uh, the medic, the soldier, or the specialist. Mm-hmm. And the specialist had the auger, and the soldiers all had that turret. 
Okay, now, all right, sorry about that. We just had a technical error. I don't know what happened. I think the I think my batteries nearly died or something. Yeah. We replaced them. We're good. Michael, you were saying about a conga line. So yeah, in uh, uh fucking uh, resistance well, two. Resistance two. You could conga line by like standing back all your buddies and shooting the auger through all of their bodies to make a super bullet. Oh. It was a common tactic. <laughs> yeah, but uh, going back to uh, Aruse Yatsura. Yes, in which. Oh my god, god damn it. The, the worst thing about this era right now, for those listeners, we didn't realize this happened. We just yeah. have been talking, no joke, for probably at least 20 minutes, minutes yeah. and discovered we weren't even talking to you, people. But that's okay, because well, we're troopers. Yes, and oh my god. we One of the big things that, alright, as we were discussing fucking, they have a Nazi-themed cafe. <laughs> yeah, a Nazi-themed cafe, and uh... <laughs> The homeroom teacher, basically, like, they're the day right before the festival starts. Yes. So the teacher goes in and it's like, we're all going to get all this shit done. And, like, hijinks ensue. And hijinks ensue. He stomps his feet. The tank begins sinking into the floor. It's a fucking live tank. Yes. To which they literally say, you know, this thing weighs 40 tons. Yeah. And no joke. Mendo, Mendo, the rich kid, has been, which I don't think we've explained the characters yet for the series. Yeah. We have... Ataru, who's the main boy, main who boy, is yeah. like a reverse harem kind of situation. Yeah, everybody. Well, yeah, no, he is an idiot who's out, who's a womanizing idiot who wants to get all the girls, but for the most part, can't yeah. really oh, get okay. any girls. Yeah, I see. But he's got one girl. He's got two is, girls at least, which is upsetting because it's like, why, why are you like chasing all the hens when you've got like you know queen hen right next to you, who's a fucking alien. Yeah. Well, she is a bit possessive, and you know what? I am not. I do Why not. Why not like... smash that? Well, it's... smash that, Otaru. <laughs> Show her what Earth gravity feels like. Let's be honest. This is also this. Give this... her that Denny's Grand Slam. Rumiko Takahashi has always had this idea of showing boobs and the like, but never quite going to the actual sex aspect. You don't have to show it, you can just like cut to a panel and be like, Wow, Ataru, so that's what Earth Gravity feels like. And you can see like Shane smoking like five cigarettes, like, no. yeah, baby, that's what but it feels like. It, it's, it's very much that kind of <laughs> Japanese modesty joke kind of thing, I think. Of where he, he hits on all these girls. He's pretty much tries to cuddle them, but never really implies that he's trying to have sex with these girls. Yeah. Very uh, Lupin the Third-ish. Yeah. But then we have Shino then we have Lum, the ma like the main face of Urusei Yatsura. A, a very Starfire-like character. Starfire in that, for those who haven't watched Teen Titans, she's kind of an airheaded um, outsider yeah. who is very, uh, very open PTA. Yeah. Yeah, she is very PTA. I mean, yeah, but, but like PTA in that she wants to hold hands and like. No, she's also hanging off of him and like, come on, come on, come on, husband, husband. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's like it, it's not like she's trying to ride him in public. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I haven't seen like the actual series. Yeah, the series is. Yeah. She hasn't really openly said she's gonna. Ha she wants to have sex with him per se. Yeah. At least. As far as I remember, but it's definitely like when she's pretty much hanging off of his shoulders and the like in a bikini, in her usual leopard bikini. Yeah, it's kind of like, mm. 
<laughs> There's also uh, Mendu Sh- uh, Mendo Shutaro, which is the rich kid who is who comes off as this rich proper boy who like comes in going, "Yes, I am from nobility." Where in truth, he is no better than Ataru. No he just goes all, about yeah. it a different way. He's, and it's like uh, I said it before, but it's uh, he is clearly who Satsuki from Kill la Kill is based off of, down to the part where he's like holding his katana. <laughs> And then we have the homeroom teacher, which honestly neither of us remember his name of right yeah, now. But he's just the, the homeroom teacher. Then we've got uh, Miss uh, uh, Sakura, yeah, who is the nurse uh, nurse of the school. Who action is, lady nurse. Yeah, she is a very action lady. She's got her motorcycle. She is also the niece to Hoppy. The kind of like you don't really see but him she too like much. An exorcist. Yes. Okay. She yeah. comes from this family of like exorcists and monks, which Hoppy is. This okay, like yeah. who's essentially a crazy homeless mystic who either fixes problems or causes problems for Ataru Uh, and her you don't get to see her fiance but her fiance is also a wizard but the westernized wizard that's pretty fantastic which is hilarious because they mentioned it in the movie that it's like she's got a fiance and like he looks nice yeah he is a good looking guy and literally him which is amazing him, her fiance and Hoppy have a magic summoning duel in the middle of a dis in a roller disco, in which that uh, in which like uh, her fiance is summoning Western demons, whereas Hoppy is summoning chi- Asian Eastern demons, and literally it comes and these it's not even like sometimes turning people in. It's not and it's not even summoning demons. It's turning people into these demons. <laughs> so like Ataru finally like is finds a cute girl that he's actually hitting on, who's actually willing to go on a date with him. Yeah. And then she gets turned into like a raccoon girl, and he's getting freaked out about this. But Why? We'll just... that, that some people would consider that an upgrade. I, yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! You know if because I remember that exact scene from the manga, and I would be okay with that kind of thing. Did she turn into like an anthro raccoon girl or she just like kept her proportions and just had like the robber bandit face and a tail? No, it's more of like it was more of like kind of like her skin was kind of replaced with that of a raccoon and where she still had her proportions and kind of a cute face. Okay. But like she clearly had the raccoon ears she had so a on the furry, fur. on the furry scale was it like acceptably furry like 30 percent? I would 40%. De- I would definitely say 30, 30% probably. Okay. In that, like, it's you're assen- within safe bounds. Yeah, essentially. I'll allow it. I will say this. It's like the kind of furry that, that the average person could masturbate to. Kind of like Bugs Bunny. Like, yes, I know that's... Bugs that's, Bunny is not 30%. I know. Bugs Bunny. Not Bugs Bunny. All right, let's put this... Okay. Like All right, let's not say Bugs Bunny then. Let's say... Fuck you! Can't. Lola Rabbit was not like that level. Lola Rabbit is was like oddly straddling sixty percent. I would say at best fifty percent, honestly. Yeah. It literally the only differences between her and like a human female were literally the face, fur, feet, and ears. That was it. Yeah. Everything else is this is a woman. You're getting dangerously furry, there, my friend. But even then, it wasn't like it wasn't like sexual really furry it was really like the same girl in like her same outfits okay. in which like literally she got the tail she got the ears her face changed into like cute cutesy animal yeah. kind of situation and then Ataro smashed that no Ataro ran from that what a pussy yep in which and by the end of this magic fight both um uh, Sakura asks, asks him like so you can change everyone back yet 
I haven't gotten to that lesson yet. A prude. <laughs> so, and literally oh, is... Oh no, this hot girl turned into a hotter raccoon girl. I'm gonna go run away. Pleb. What a basic asshole. Yeah. Well, no, this is also the same guy. Masturbate to a crab woman. Get on my level. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be at that disco and I'd be like... Wow, everything... I don't know about the Umbrella Woman, though. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that's just, uh... Like, so, like I said, some of them were, like, light in, like, kind of like that. It wasn't honestly too bad, but for all I know, it could have been a Tanuki and those giant balls were probably not being seen. <laughs> but being Romiko Takahashi being pretty classy, there was none of that. Yeah. Uh, but you, he was still being chased by all these other monster women. <laughs> and so, yeah, that chapter is just left open of, like... They somehow cure everyone. Okay, but yeah, there's a, a, a like the the last character is like Miyaki Shinobu, which is like the strong girl. The str- uh, the girl, the child. I believe the childhood friend to Ataru, the woman who literally uh, because I think you saw a little bit of how the series like supposed to start. Yeah. Where the essentially Oni demon aliens came to the plant and basically said, "We are going to destroy your world." Yeah, and I, I, I'm assuming like unless. You can, unless a champion of yours can beat my daughter in a game of tag, essentially. Yes, and, and he cheats by, like, ripping off her bikini. Well, he doesn't really cheat. It's more of, like, he finally gets his hands on her, and then she reveals she's got electric powers. Oh. And he's just gripping under her bikini top and falls down with it as she runs off. Oh, okay. And then realizes she has no top, and apparently it's her only top. I don't know how culture works. Mark. I don't know. They probe us in her asses and but, like <laughs> the beam doll images of dogs in her heads. What? And, uh, what are you talking uh, about? Gulf Breeze uh, oh, UFO objection. I'll get into that later. But, I know a lot about UFOs. But <laughs> nonetheless, he somehow manages to basically touch her horns. But as he's doing it, he finds this, as soon as he's able to do it, yes, I will finally marry her. As he tags her, yeah, and then she, then Lum agrees to the marriage. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's just like, wait, what? And then the entire world is like, like, <gasps> even her, even her father is kind of okay with this yeah, because like, of the champion who actually beat his you daughter. Bested my greatest warrior, who's my daughter. Now, who's well, she wasn't a warrior. Yeah. She wasn't a warrior, but nonetheless. Oh, why would you? It's, I don't know. Arist- <laughs> I mean, like President Trump was like, all right, Syria, you can fight one-on-one my champion and no one's a better champion than my son Byron but papa <laughs> it's not I even that want to go. No, it's, it... by the way Byron who has probably seen the series because he draws a bunch of big titted lum like women wait what yeah what yeah. the fuck are you he, talking he draws a bunch of anime stuff and like honestly <laughs> that kid can improve on that shit like it's it's not bad for like a kid his age <laughs> I am looking this up right now. Yeah, look up Byron uh, anime art. Bar- I, I looked up Baron Trump anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I see a lot of like just anime drawn things of him. Yeah, no, not like of him, like shit he's drawn. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, so like they they're essentially like on the crunch time for trying to get like uh, their Nazi cafe done in time for the school festival. Which I think I said earlier is like, I didn't know that was like a fucking thing that schools 
in Japan did, so I just assumed that that was a thing <laughs> high schools in America did, where it's like, we'll make a big to-do in a mini Comic-Con. I think I saw what you found. It looks like it's supposed to be the characters from fucking Big Hero 6 or something. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> wow, just... I honestly, like, you know... Kids go start somewhere, but... Yeah, the kid, like, the kid's got some talent. It's, I can see it on the rocks. I just hope, like, you know, he gets out of that fucking, like, uh... He's just got to stay away from the family, honestly. Which, yeah. But here's the issue, I think, of it. The damage has already been done. But it's nonetheless... Been damaged, but it can, like, you know, it can be repaired. That, sorry, someone had pointed out to me, like, just clearly, like... Let's put it this way. There has been some, like, one of the big things... That, Someone pointed out to me, especially for the trouble, like, especially like Baron Trump has gone, like, clear that he might, his, he's probably gone through from the yeah. abuse is the fact that, like, he knows kind of what, they, there's a hint that he might know, that he probably knows how big of an asshole that his father is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the fact, like, there's this one scene of, like, literally, like, um, like, in some parade or something, I'm trying to remember, it got pretty famous at one point online. Yeah. That was, like, he pu- he was, like, with he was holding hands with his mother or something like that, and then, like, he, she was going to to Donald or something like that to do it, and the kid pulls away from her. Yeah. Like, Baron pulls away from her, like, as if, like, resenting her for, like, going back, going to him. Yeah, I mean, like, kids kids are smart. They, they, they can pick up on that shit. It's not even something picking up, it's sometimes, it's just, like, this is, like, the perfect sign of why I say, like, children are the cruelest creatures on this planet. The- Okay. No, literally, it's it's that mentality of where kids don't know what's good and wrong. They yeah. pull the wings off insects. They don't understand like when they do things oh, to animals. Oh, I see. Well, it's, like, it's because it's like you don't have empathy when you're exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You you haven't discovered empathy yet. So it's right. just like you just do things to find out what happens. Yeah, and like kids bully each other like crap in school. Yeah. All right, that is not the topic of this podcast. Yeah. We are supposed to talk about big booby ladies. Talk tomahawk uh, topic. Yeah. But yeah. So. Uh, yeah, essentially, uh, the teach like they get into hijinks. Uh, a fucking live tank shoots the fucking homeroom teacher out the window. It all doesn't shoot him, but uh, pretty dangles him out there. Yeah, d- and Lum, who's going to help him, instead gets angry at Ataru and sets the tank ablaze with electricity. Yeah, I know. Which putting aside basic physics. Well, let's put it this way: if, from my understanding of at least electrical shock on the human body, which you probably know more about, as long as the amp the amps aren't that high, the milliamps aren't that high, yeah. it'll just be painful. It won't kill them. Yeah. Which I suspect that's what love. She's like an electric eel. It doesn't kill. It just hurts. It hurts. It hurts like shit. Yep. But yeah, so like the teacher, uh, homework teacher comes back the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's setting up again, trying to uh, meet the deadline. And the principal is like, wow, you look like shit. You should go home. <laughs> and uh, the nurse is also like, yeah, you do look like shit. You should go home and get like some sleep because like you clearly haven't slept for a while. Uh, here's this comically large uh, uh, jar, jar of... of pills that are tranquilizers. They'll put you to sleep. And then later she realizes her mistake and it's like, oh, fuck, that wasn't tranquilizers, that was laxative. So she, like, action lady um, uh, motorcycles over to his house. And that's when this movie starts to take a turn for, like, the sinister. Yeah, like, this movie is... Especially from the root, from the roots, anyone who's watched Urusei Yatsura in the past, like, or has knowledge of, it's like... Super let's be honest, if you've watched Urusei Yatsura and you haven't seen this movie, it's kind of surprising, honestly. But those of you who haven't, like... The first few, uh, the first like scene that we just explained is very much kind of that attitude and feel uh, and kind of High the atmosphere, hijinks. atmosphere um, that that Urusei Yatsura has. It is um, 
silliness caused by Mendo with too much money and being a womanizer, Ataru being a lazy piece of shit and a uh, womanizer, and Lum just wanting Ataru to love her like yeah. she loves him. She wants to smash that. It, it very implied. Yeah. You, you know what? I, I, I've been telling the wrong person to smash it. Uh, Lum, smash that boy. <laughs> you ride him like a fucking stallion and you're a rough rider charging into the last brigade. Okay, this is... A, this is my theory now upon you bringing this up. The reason that Itaro never wants to smash that is my guess is one night they did get close to that. But remember, she's an alien. Her genitals are probably not the same as a human's. What's are you mentioning? It's like a sicking mouth down there, like a lamprey vagina? How would you know? They never show it. That's true. I remember like the freaking joke. One of, like, this, uh, one of my favorite artists on DeviantArt as well. Um, something Strelix, he he's the artist for um, for Rat Queens right now. Oh. And he's got like he does some like he loves DC and he does a little com little like short comics of it. Uh -huh. And one of his shows like Lois Lane and Superman about to get it on. And then as he pulls off his uh, little underwear, she screams and it shows a censored weird amalgam of where his genitals are. I was like, why does it have claws? Why does it have pictures? To hold you in place, and just that that moment, Lois Lane remembered the fact that Clark Kent is an alien. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it could be a lamprey vagina. Yep, or for, it could be a crab vagina. Or she could have her own dick. It could be a overpositive. Yeah, she yeah. could have a dick. Yep, none of that is shown or explained. And my, that is my suspicion of why Ataru's always never smashed that. I was that. thinking it was because she's super strong, and if Ataru ever smashes her, like she she'll smash, smash him back and kill him. <laughs> maybe, of course. Also, maybe perhaps uh, pleasure. The strength of her climax would rip off his dick off. I don't think she is essentially that strong per se. That yeah. Because I don't remember the series really showing her I like mean, carrying him. One. But like she can, she can obviously fly, and I think maybe electric shocks. Yeah. So maybe, you know, That's in pleasure, true. shocks him, and it's... Argh! This is the Mark Michael uh, alien genitalia <laughs> speculation of the show. <laughs> but yeah, so um, uh, the professor, like the, the nurse essentially ends up at a Mr. Homeroom teacher's house, and it's like covered in mold and tusks, like, like inches of dust. Michael, I would like to pause for a moment. Yeah. I'm proposing that as one of our podcasts. Is where we take aliens from famous like comics and stuff in, in TV oh, shows and like, speculate due to their race. It's a claw. <laughs> a claw. Well, judging by the amount of strength they have, they definitely, their their freaking pelvis bones are obviously completely reinforced compared to the rest of their I body. I feel like Jeff, Captain Jack Harness is like uh, an, an anemone. He just like shoots a load out into space. That's what all those colorful nebulas are. Just like wait. semen. Oh wait. You oh, you're talking about Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. I was oh, wait, but he's a human. But he's spent enough time in space. <laughs> time Lords, well... Yeah. They've got two hearts. I'm guessing they probably have a quad. Four dicks. Like well, maybe not, maybe not four dicks, but at least four testicles. Four. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor would be mad with lust and anger all the time. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Ripping through time as often as he rips through. But here's the thing, though. Perhaps that they are not either as large or don't produce as much testosterone. Perhaps two of them produce testosterone and the other two produce estrogen. Remember, they well, can like, like, oh, they regenerate. 
So, but they are—they are clearly able to handle both sides of like the so chemical. You, so okay. You that, that, that a set, there's a dormant set of genitalia that like can activate upon regeneration. Possibly. Because that's an interesting theory. I, I, like that—that that is an interesting theory. There could be a sleepless <laughs> set of genitalia, so we could say that the doctor is ge- uh, technically gender gender fluid, or almost like a sleeper hermaphroditic, well, which it's, is the no, catalyst it's, of the regeneration. It's clear that it's happened. Because remember, oh my God, we are getting into this. Uh, no, save this for next time. Put uh, it in the trunk. Put no, no, I want to say this one last line on that of where I do agree that they are probably hermaphroditic because, remember, he had his other friend, uh, Urobor, who had the Ouroboros. The Corsair. Yeah, yeah, the Corsair who had the Ouroboros tattoo. And he remembers when he was a foxy lady. Yeah, and he true. And he really, the way he says that was kind of creepy. Oh, what, did he? Yeah, he said it kind of creepy. I thought he was like, he said it was kind of hot. No, no, I remember him saying like, like, whoo. Like, oh boy, she is hot kind of situation. And so it's clear they probably got it on. Well, yeah, it's probably because it's like they, they, like, you know... They can regenerate in any form they want. It's well, like, so, why it, not? It's like, I've well, been no, a here's dude the thing. for a hundred years. I'm well, in my opinion, it was, tits. It's never, it's never <clears throat> really... I don't think it's ever really been their choice. Because it's... Ra- I think it's supposed to be random. That's true. It's like the, yeah. it's like the mentality of, like, a different sperm met the egg. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, no joke. I think we should make this as a podcast, okay, <laughs> as a side yeah. podcast, as we discuss the genitals. Genitalia Elenia. A scientific breakdown of smut from aliens in your favorite uh, movies. All right, going back to Urusei Yatsura. Yeah, okay. Um, but, all right, going back from now from comedy, let's turn the switch to spooky. Spooky, yeah. So, like, this is when, like, uh, the the teacher and the nurse are the first things to find out something's amiss. Because the a homeroom teacher is like, I can't remember shit from the day before. Like, every day he just keeps remembering. All he can really remember, and the only focus on his mind is, it's festival is tomorrow. Yeah. Festival's tomorrow. Get your shit together, kids. Yeah. And... I don't think we mentioned this, but like when they when she gets to his room, it's covered in layers of it's, mold. It's it, decaying. It, yeah, it's it, it's like if you walk into like an abandoned building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if even an abandoned building is strong enough to say that. Like it's something like, imagine an abandoned building after Cater- after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. this is something that has clearly gone through. Has not been taken care of. Has gone through the worst treatment it could possibly go through. Yeah, and there's like literally inches of dust and, and mold on and the And even wall. then, I cannot even imagine. Like I've seen like problem houses in before. Like I I watched some of that fucking uh, show. Uh, um, like make it or dirty jobs. Yeah, with and, micro. Yeah. yeah, and you like I remember watching an episode where they're cleaning out like old abandoned houses at one point, and I've never seen something this bad. Yeah, and. It's like it's comically over the top. Of course, this is, this series is all about comically over the top. Yeah, but it's like in this sense, it's like you. Re- this is the first kind of trigger in realizing it's like something's really off. And the teacher kind of like tells, uh, like you know, homeroom teacher is like, I don't remember days before this. All I can remember is it's the day before the school festival. Mm-hmm. How long has it been the day before the school festival? Mm-hmm. And honestly, like this is, this is, and then like Sakura's like kind of like she's skeptic about it, like going, no, yeah. no, it's just you're under stress. You've been, you're dealing with the chaos that is the school right now. And for those who haven't seen like 
the first scene of this movie. It's like preparing for Comic-Con. It's like, not even that. It's worse than that. Like, literally, it's gotten so bad. Like, you hear an announcement of people shoving their way through the hallways. From the times of 9 to 11, the main staircase is only for going it's up. It's exactly like Comic-Con. Like, I've been at Comic-Con when they are setting up. It's a fucking logistical nightmare. It'll be like, please do not use the loading dock to unload things larger than 10 feet across and 10 feet high. Oh. Please do not use halls A through 5. They are being used by biz media to port in their stuff. Please clear the floors. We're trying to put in 50 square miles of carpet. It's it's insane. Jesus. But yeah, um, and Sakura Beans realizes seeing the truth in this. She even goes to try and find her uh, her uncle, who is like the king of weird. And he's gone. And he's gone. His tent is filled with cats. Yeah, so they, they decide, uh, like, uh, homeroom teacher and Sakura decide, it's like, we're closing the school tonight. We're kicking everybody out. Because the rascals, like, you know, the whole, the good old gang has been sleeping over. Because mm -hmm. they're like, we gotta get this shit done. Mm -hmm. So they kick him out of the school and they're like, oh, I guess we'll go home. And this is when the movie really starts to get spooky. Well, we forgot forgot to mention there is one scene that is hinting at this oddity. The, the fucking when they go on a food run where yes. it's just... Uh, um, it's Mendo and Ataru. Yeah, and they're like... like uh, we, we said it in the lost part, but this is heavily... Like, I, I have a post-apocalyptic RPG uh, where I, I'm writing called Odd Roads. And a lot of... Like, I've realized I've taken elements from this movie and put it in there because this movie does unnerving horror very well. Which personally is one of my <laughs> favorite kinds. Like, it's not so much the idea that like, oh, a monster's coming to get you. It's just things Something's are clearly off. wrong. Yeah, where it's like they're driving at the city at night to go get food for, uh, to go get dinner for their classmates and all of the lights are off in the city and the only lights that are on are either the street lights or lights far off in the distance and no matter how far they get the lights are all off until they come to that traffic stop light and there's just that one florist uh light that's on of that shop mm -hmm. and then there's that creepy fucking ass advertisement music troupe which that, is like four people all with different instruments like the first guy's got a with trumpet fucking mannequin faces yes yeah. i was getting to that and it's just, it literally like leads to the point where Atara and Mendo are just sitting there going, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And they just kind of like play off going, oh yeah, I didn't know uh, the adverti advertisers are working this late in yeah. town. Yeah, yeah I didn't know fun. either. And, and it kind of pulls like a kind of a, a, a swap with you. Because earlier, like, you know, Ataru's kind of like lounging on the car just looking at like the the lights off. Mm -hmm. And he, he mentions, it's like, I wonder if like the city has really just been this dead at night or is it because... I've never noticed. Yeah. And then like that that loading truck full of mannequins just like blares onto the screen and yeah. looks at them and it's like oh shit and it's a jump scare and it pulls away to which later in the film is actually a big hint of what's going on yeah it's so fucking creepy and it's uh and it doesn't help the fact that they're in a world war ii like army german army jeep yeah because they have a fucking nazi cafe yeah. but yeah that's that's one of the things that like unsettles you because it's like this is really weird, and it's, yeah. uh, like I mentioned to Mark earlier, it's like Mark is now you, you. You haven't been at the city like late at night. No, I was always taught yeah. as a young child, don't go downtown when it's three a.m. You're going yeah. to get killed. Well, like I work late sometimes, and it's like I've been at downtown at night, and it's like honestly one of the most 
spookiest things to be in because it's like you're in a city there's supposed to be noise there's supposed to be people out on the street when you're walking down in like down in san francisco downtown around 3 a.m when everything's closed all the lights in the buildings are off all you have are the street lights and you're walking alone and it's fucking dead quiet all you can hear is like the the grinding of cable car chains that are still going on like off in the far distance you wish it's like i want like there to be a fucking sketchy hobo mm-hmm. just to know that i'm not alone mm-hmm. in this fucking empty city and then we get to the point of where we see everyone like like this homeroom teacher has basically locked the door kicked everyone out and said go home you can come back in the morning when the yeah. festival to finish everything off and the and, rascals try to go home and everyone try to go home so we have a group that's taking the train yeah. mendo is driving shinobu home and there's and some we, people take the bus yeah and, except for Lom and Ataru, where Lom just kind of flies them away. Yeah, like Lom and Ataru just go home. <laughs> and it's clear, and they're the only ones who live in the city per yeah. se. Everyone, and as everyone's going on, like you have them all kind of like discussing, like, "Oh, that bastard of a home teacher. We'll get back at him." Yeah, when... and it's, uh, so this is like this because they all end up like the one that freaked me out the most was mm-hmm. the two that got on the bullet train, mm-hmm. and like. They go on the bullet train and it completely does a loop around back to the station where they 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 got on and they realize it's like we're at the same fucking station and the train just shuts down and all of the lights in the station just like turn off one by one like can you imagine getting on the fucking metro and that happening and like trying to go home and you're back at Forest Hill Station and um, all of the lights like my turn first off? reaction is going straight to the fucking conductor or driver of the train and going. You're seeing this shit, right? Yeah, like, this is normal, right? Can you imagine doing that and there's nobody in the fucking conductor seat? Like, you saw them just a second ago and there's, like, nobody there. And oh you're like, my. you saw, like, you run up there and you're like, you saw. <laughs> that is when I look at the clothes like, sprint, check my phone for an Uber, and pray to God I have signal. I would scream, like, I, I, I'm, when I get scared, I turn, like, really polite and I just try to find out. I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Have a good evening. And I'm, like, on my phone trying to dial in and trying to find the exit. Please. <laughs> Oh my god, that's actually a great idea for a... That's like super fucking creepy. And Dude, like... okay, bear with me for an idea for a storyline. Group of friends or something like that are going are coming back from home from school. It starts off with that same kind of situation of where they get off supposedly at the same stop, the lights are off, they're looking around, and the the subway, like the entrance, like you know, kind of like you know how like for subways they kind of got little like stuff down there, like sometimes like little like restaurants or like kind of like not restaurant or like a cafe, yeah, yeah, yeah. so like a newspaper stand and stuff like that. That whole kind of little metro area yeah, yeah. turns almost into a labyrinth, and there's no escalators going up anymore. That's honestly one of my nightmares because it's like I, Michael, I hate... write this down. This is a this is a oh, scene. No, this I'm... is gonna be in. A... I hate the metro. I I hate that it smells like urine. I hate that they made it like if you've ever been in Bart in San Francisco, they made the worst choice of like making the interior like this because it's it, so blank. It's white and blank, and it shows filth off amazingly. You can see every swipe of filth, every piece of shit smeared on the floor. Every time someone peed on the wall. And it, like, the cleanliness almost reflects all of the smell, so you can smell the urine and, like, the sweat and the people sleeping down there who are just, like, who who want to be there because it's, like, San Francisco is fucking freezing at night. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's awful. It's awful. And... 
right. Okay, here's the thing. I don't want to spoil too much of this this movie because it is that good of a movie, in my opinion. This this movie is like, in my opinion, people. I remember when Inception first came out, and people keep saying, "Oh, Inception is such a. It makes your brain think like all like the levels and like they kept saying like I still don't know what the hell's going like how the movie works. Going, I watched that movie once. Going, really? It's just you're all idiots. It's a heist movie. Exactly. I think this movie is what. If people thought that was confusing, are they are just gonna blow their minds if you watch this? Yeah, this movie very much gets into a question of what is real. The beautiful dream, I think, is a bit of, like from what you understand, it's probably a spoiler. Yeah, for what it is, it's in the tin. Yeah, but what it feel? All right, I'm gonna let's get into the, like the review aspects of this. Yeah, like, I'm bringing out this udon. Yeah, we're trying not to. I'm, this one, we're not gonna be very spoily. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I Cause we, we want you to see this movie and. One of the big things that it feels like with this movie is that Urusa Yatsura is like, its theme and atmosphere is how that first 20 minutes is before things yeah. get creepy. It is chaotic. It's silly. There's, there's it's very a, kinetic. There's a yeah. villain of the week, so to speak, of yeah. like, or an antic of the week. Like, yeah. oh no, uh, Lum's like uh, 10-year-old cousin has fed alien candy to a bird and turned it into a penguin. Is that who that tiny kid is? Yeah, ten. Okay, all right. I thought that was like maybe the kid. No, no, like... it's a, it's a, it's her cousin. Yeah, because it's like I, I haven't. I, when I saw this movie, I didn't know it was part of a series. I've never seen the series. Never looked it up. So it's like, but yeah, and until now, like. It's very. It's been very goofy. They have the scariest part of the scene. I remember that even Urusei Yatsura had was their kind of like uh, uh, homage to the snow, the the legend of the snow girl kind yeah, of the, the myth. Frozen seductress who yeah like, uh, who lures lures, you in. lures yeah. young boys into the snow and either has their way with her or just kills them in the blizzard. Countless hentais. Countless hentais. I've read of that where the man manages to satisfy her and she falls in love. And. <laughs> Not, and, but like the, the this like basically this like very hot like s- ski instructor begins like kind of focusing on Ataru and like Shinobu and Lomba are getting jealous kind of thing and then what, some of the boys are kind of joking around like oh, what if she's like the Yukiona or whatever the snow woman and she's gonna, she's trying to eat the young eat Ataru and then they go to investigate her cabin and they see a creepy old woman in there in the shadows who's laughing and talking with her granddaughter as they're. Um, what they think are sharpening knives are just, they're waxing the skis. Yeah. And she's basically telling, you bring that boy home, all right? Yeah. And where in truth, it's just been her grandmother kind of like egging her to find a boyfriend. Yeah. And by the end of it, they all realize what's going on. And it's just goes like, oh, we were worried for nothing. Yeah. It's, but, um. But that was the spookiest that series ever really got. Yeah, like this, this movie gets how to do subtle horror. Mm-hmm. Just like that kind of like bottom of your stomach pit. Like you know something's wrong horror. Yeah. It's not like the horror that's like cheap that like scares you and makes you flinch. It's, it's not a like shock. It's the one that's like it, it activates like this very troglodyte part of your brain that's just like something's wrong. You need to find it out. Yeah. And it's like that, it's that part that freaks you out. And this theory like the way this as I was discussing this movie though this movie feels like it was like the director had his own idea for a film and it, he wanted to get it done and they say they want to make an Urusei Yatsura film. So another one. I was going, okay, I've got this idea for a story. Okay, so I this is the part what I wanted to... So it's like, that was a, that, that was a big sip of broth that mm-hmm. we... But broth is good or is noodles good? Noodles good, right? Yeah. I'm drunk. So no. the noodle, the big noodle that we had is like this movie 
handles horror very well. Mm-hmm. Or, or it's just like this weird horror of the unknown. Yes. Like what they can't understand. Like that entire part of the school where they're trying to like figure out what's going on is like silly, mm-hmm. but it's scary where it's like he looks into the mirror and there's just that infinity mirror of him. Yeah, and, and watch gets, it. Watch it, Michael, don't touch the mic. Oh, sorry. And, and yeah. he gets stuck in a loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like a visual loop. Like he sees himself running down that. You know when you show two mirrors in front of each yeah. other, it's the infinite infinity view. He sees that and he starts running down. But then when you see Lum, who's searching, flying through the school, looking for and reality and perspective, literally breaks down for her. Where it turns into an M.C. Escher like uh, painting of her, like flying in and out of windows. And when she finally finds Ataro, he's just running in place. Yeah, somehow. where they're like they have to make it up to the like you know well, I'm up on the fourth floor. It's like the school doesn't have a fourth floor it's only had three yeah it's like yeah like uh, so this is the big thing that i wanted to talk about so the guy who directed uh a beautiful dreamer is marumo oshi do you are you familiar with that name no so you may know marumo oshi as the guy who's directed such hits as ghost in the fucking shell really so he so marumo oshi first started his career as doing a storyboard uh doing storyboards for rusei yatsura oh my god so he like uh, the first movie was very much like you know simpsons movie or it's like we're gonna get these guys in like an antics like it's It's essentially like an hour-long episode of a movie Mm -hmm. so this one this movie he had full creative license to do because Mm -hmm. he showed himself as a competent director and like this is what he wrote this is what he directed and unfortunately, at the time, people hated it. <laughs> they were like, where the fuck is my hijinx with my Exactly. That, yeah. And that is kind of the feeling I had while watching this. Is going, this is not what I expected yeah, when I came into it. It's so Yatsura. different. It's, it's like I read a thing because, like I said, I haven't seen the rest of, like, uh, you know, those obnoxious space aliens, <laughs> which is the English yeah. translation of this. Yeah. It's not, it's literally, it's not a serious show. It is, think, uh, Ron, it's like Ronmo One Half, if you watch. Yeah, it. exactly. It's just this week's hijink. That's all it is. Yeah, it's like, will horny boy get with girl? That's an alien. This week, will we find out? Nah. <laughs> He'll never much. get with her. He's afraid to smash her. Because she's got a lamprey vagina. Run, run, run. <laughs> snapping, <laughs> a snapping, the the snapping bee. Oh, God. that gap's but, got teeth. Uh, but yeah, it's like he directed this and he had full control over it. And mm-hmm. it's like I, I actually heard that Rumiko uh, Takahashi got mad at him because she was like, huh. what the fuck did you do? And he's like, I, I I had like full thing of this movie. And it's it's kind of like a show of like, at the time people didn't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But now from what I'm reading, it's one of the staple greatest anime movies of all time. In my opinion, it is, this is a great example, especially for people who are going into the industry for media. There is a time and a place for certain things. Yeah. There is a way you go around to getting your... There's a proper channels you get your ideas through. Like, I remember being told these stories... Like, I've one of my teachers... I went to a big event, which was essentially... They had a bunch of these previous alumni students from my college who were working in the game industry, very uh, doing various different things. 
and they were basically explaining the right ways and the wrong ways to get um, to like think giving your opinion. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the right way, like one of our guys did, is like, like they were making. I think he was working on like an X Men game. Uh huh. And when the, when the first script came through, and he was he was one of the writers on it, and he was basically. Like, like he came to the producer going listen I've read a lot of this stuff and this does not feel like X-Men at all if fans were going to play this game they are not going to enjoy it this is not what someone would buy a game for and they said okay if you know so much uh, give us like what would you change and then he gave him an example of what he would change in the script uh-huh. and they agreed with him was going, okay and they said alright it seems like you know what you're doing we're going to give you uh, we'll get, we're going to write more of the drafts we'll send it to you and you can give us your feedback on it and how to improve it yeah. and that's the proper ways you get things done whereas another co-worker started to, uh, was in this kind of industry it was for something some other like I think it was some book one of those like kind of book gay I think it was one of those books that turned into a movie like Lord of the Rings or something like oh, that okay, yeah. and he started changing scripts as they're being passed down without telling anyone <laughs> he was literally taking creative control into his own hands and trying to like I he will fix rogue. it all my- yeah he went rogue <laughs> And he got in huge. Of course, he got into a huge trouble. Yeah, because you, you're fucking. You're fucking around with an IP. Yeah, you're. Fu- it's not just you're fucking around with an IP. You are not at that level in which to be you're have not that permission. Some rando on Tumblr who can write fan fiction, like you know. It's not even that. He was hired to basically proofread these scripts as well as um, help write them. Not go in your. Not change what everything that was a esta- change things that were established as okay. When yeah, it's you're on to the you. payroll, motherfucker. Yeah. Like you've you've your got jo- like things that you you are. Your like- job is to do what they tell you. Yeah. They want this to happen. You do it. You don't change things. Yeah. Until you get higher up the food chain, that's when you can try and change things. But even then, you have to talk with your coworkers. Yeah. You can't just change it and then hand the script down to the voice actors and the other actors. I just feel like that's incredibly underhanded and passive aggressive. It's not even that. And the worst thing was, this guy thought he was a hero until he got caught. I'm a hero. It's like, fuck you, dude. I'm sorry. Like, it, yeah. it's just like that. That but, mode of thought is, like, so prevalent around, like, uh, a lot of people I knew in college where mm-hmm. it's, I can change it from, like, this. It's like, no, dude, you're just going to, like, come off as, like, an asshole who doesn't mm-hmm. know what you're doing. Yeah. And this, I think, is an example, like, what you're saying of how everyone was angry at him at the time. And I think they were rightfully so. This is a fan of the series. Yeah. Watching this movie, this does not feel like an Urusei Yatsura film. At, this does not feel like the series at all. Yeah. In, I, I'm not I mean, saying like, that this I, was, I don't have any point of reference. I'm not this saying is the that, only thing I've yeah. ever seen, and I loved it. I'm not saying this movie was bad. I, like, as an adult watching this now, like, and perhaps not as, as like, a fan of it now as I yeah. used to be, like, going, this was a good film. This didn't belong in the Urusei Yatsura universe, but if if this was a film standing alone, yeah, this would have been like great. It would have been haunting if it was yeah. like a film alone where it's like these kids were just fucking groundhog digging. And it's like I, I mentioned it earlier, but this is the, the the idea of this came a couple of years before Groundhog Day was a thing because it's like that fairy tale that they mentioned of like um mm-hmm. that kid who saves a turtle. And the turtle is like, oh, let me take you to the dragon palace. And he chills at the dragon palace for a while. Mm-hmm. And it, like he has like this eternity party there. And when he comes back to his village, everybody's dead. They've been like dead for centuries. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and oh my god, like, like I said, this. If you, oh god, all right. 
I think we're getting we're getting towards the end of this because we don't want I don't want this to drag yeah. on too long because well, well, like, if we drag this drag on too long I'm going to spoil something. Oh no! Yeah. Of course, some of our time has been distracted by guessing alien genitalia, which yeah. I'm sorry for, but I feel like this is the if you're listening to our podcast, this is the level of professionalism yeah, that you should expect we from us. We had 20 minutes of our conversation deleted, but I think yeah. we've recovered it to a degree. Yeah. Um, but. And we've done it less spoilery this time. Bigger, better, stronger, but thicker. You can find this series on YouTube as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's shittily dubbed. Yeah, yeah, no, and I even found I went to another source to see it. That is actually the official dub. Oh, subs. oh, oh, oh! Send it. Uh, wait, a dub or sub? Sub. Oh, okay. That is the official sub. I remember I seeing the dub version when I was a kid. Oh, I don't. I couldn't find it online. Yeah, of course I didn't. I'm gonna admit I did not try hard. Yeah, uh, I tried hard because it's, I, I wanted to watch it like dubbed, but uh... but yeah, this I all right going down to our first thing first. Uh, I know this film is a lot more serious and a lot more interesting for it, but waifu of the week. Oh shit! Oh god! I know mine. Uh, oh woof! Uh, this is hard. I didn't yeah. actually think of this. I would, right, I'll start I, with mine yeah. then. I'm going with the beautiful alien, beautiful alien Lum. Okay, you're going I think Lum. it's also sort of it is some of my childhood crush because Lum was one of my childhood. She crushes. walks around in a fucking bikini, Mark. Yeah, she's got like green hair and like horns, and, and she. Just... It was also just like how freaking affectionate she was as well, which uh, was very cute as yeah. well as her looks. Kind of like she has that combination of like. Here's the thing. In the film, they show off this kind of like more in this kind of serious, innocent kind of thing that she has, yeah, yeah. which kind of mirrors her from what I remember, but not too much because the series was always so hijink and goofy. Yeah, yeah. And I also like the idea that if someone fucked with me, that my alien girlfriend will just zap him, zap him <laughs> into the next into the next week. My, like, go ahead and bully me. My alien girlfriend will fucking kill you. Pretty much. <laughs> The next time I get into a fight at a bar, it's like, go ahead, lay your hands on me. My fucking alien girlfriend will fucking slay you. <laughs> and hey, then let's, let's be honest. just like really confused. Like, let's let's be completely honest. This is like half the reason like those of us who want like a girlfriend who could like beat the crap out of us is so they could beat the crap out of our enemies. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yep. And let's be, and I, let's be honest. That's probably how women feel when they're trying to find a strong man as well. Probably, I, I destroy don't know. my enemy. I, I mean, I can't speak for what I can yeah. speak for myself. Yeah, I, I can like, speak yes, for myself. Yeah. In which, yes, I like a girl who could uh, bench like three of me because yeah. she can defend me. I was talking to somebody the other day where it's like I've been seeing like this huge resurgence of like. Uh, so, like, uh, of these uh, posts of, like, women being, like, super self-conscious about their thighs and being like, I have really big thighs and I hate that, like, I feel like everybody, like, makes, it gives me shit about it. It's like, why? <laughs> That's, like, the best part. And then it's like, why would you be selfish? Like, that's beautiful. I love big thighs. <laughs> and then there's, like, the, all the, the reaction uh, fucking videos of, like, women with, like, uh, muscular thighs, like, blowing up watermelons yeah. in between their thighs. <laughs> Thank and you, Playboy. Like, like dudes are like freaking out like, oh shit oh, I don't like that and I'm just sitting there like smiling in the background it's like yeah I agree that's I, why I that, yeah I'm down for that I am also down for that like all of these fucking dude bros need to get off my level yeah. <laughs> yeah. you gotta put you gotta put your uh, put your steroid induced testicles away for a moment and just enjoy yeah it's just like I, I can't understand put away your testosterone like, feel emasculated by women who can do that it's like that's another thing I don't have to do exactly <laughs> yeah exactly 
<laughs> fucking bullshit. Uh, okay, All right, so, Michael. Uh, my wife would be uh, probably actually Sakura. Sakura. Uh, yeah, Miss Sakura. Nurse, the nurse lady. Uh, I can see that. Because it's like she's a fucking wizard. She, she's she's a, a wizard. She's an action lady. She's like established, and she's like she she does shit. She mm-hmm. she's like one of the first people that realizes it's like oh we're in a fucking weird uh, Groundhog Day loop. Mm-hmm. And she also is established to always be like that lady with the plan. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I need, a lady with a plan. <laughs> a lady with a plan. And, uh, uh, Lum, has a, Lum has a plan. Initiative is really important. <laughs> yeah. Lum has a plan. <laughs> it's what? to get slammed. <laughs> <laughs> slammed like hell. <laughs> Until there's nothing left but jam. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me that grand slam. <laughs> All right, on oh, that shit. bad pun of note. Well, I mean, like, oh, yeah, uh, so would you recommend this movie? Like, I uh, recommend 100%. Yeah. I recommend this to both... Um, bo- both otakus and non-otakus. Like, to, even to for... And weaves, yeah. Um, is you being someone who had never seen the rest of the series, like yeah. how confusing was it, like stepping into this? Well, it's like there, there is some stuff that was confusing, mm-hmm. like um, imagine Hoppy, especially the old monk. Yeah, with with the old, uh, I, I mean, like that was explained enough where it, it, it seemed like I got the idea where it's like, oh, this is her grandfather who knows some mystical shit. It's like when characters show traits off that like weren't established because the movie kind of assumes it's like, oh yeah, you know these guys. And yeah. It's like. You know, the Simpsons movie. You you know the Tomer Marge and shit. If you were, like, just saw the Simpsons movie and, like, didn't know any of that shit, that would be kind of confusing because there's, like, five million characters. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, it's, like, the two biggest things is, like, I didn't know uh, normal girl um, Miyaki is supposed to be super strong. Mm-hmm. Shinobu? Yeah, Shinobu. Even then, she was never really truly super strong. It was more of comedy super strong. Yeah, but it's like, I didn't know that was a thing, because yeah. it's like, it only comes up a couple of times in the movie. It's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, and then, like, I didn't know who the fucking tiny little alien baby was. It's like, what? Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, uh, I'm 25, so I can kind of piece together plot points from movies. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of shit, like, completely out of context, and it's like, my... I feel like that's a good tier of like a movie where it's like you know if you see this by itself you can be able just through context and like oh what we give you you can piece together like what's going on mm-hmm. so it was like it was a little bit confusing just because it's like I didn't know any of the characters but just like right off of the bat in that first 20 minutes it does a really good job to establish just like these are delinquents this space alien really, lady likes this guy. Yeah. I wouldn't really call them. Del- I wouldn't call them delinquents. The rascals. They, hooligans. They, at best, hooligans because they don't really cause trouble per yeah, se. They're slackers. They're just. They're. They're just silly. Uh, well, uh, like they're supposed to. They are supposed to represent like Magane and his group. I know we don't really give. We never really say their names, but yeah. like, kind of like his like Ataru and. Uh, uh, Mendo's friends per se the guys yeah, like the, the group rascal of, they're player. just kind of like they kind of represent like your usual male students yeah they're just they're, they're just dudes yeah they're du- they're goofy guys yeah, like they're like the uh, the audience surrogate you know yeah. they're they're not the main character so you can easily place yourself into what which is like that that's the thing I kind of like about anime where it's like 
the background characters seem to have a bit more diversity than the main character because the main character is usually very safe, you know? It's either very safe yeah. or they're just so far out you can't relate with them. Yeah, but but then, like, that's what the side characters are for because you can relate with those guys. It's like, how many times have we usually chosen, like, Hasbondo of the Hour to be, like, one of the side dudes because we can relate with the side dude better? Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember right now. Yeah, we did it for like fucking uh, the waifu wars one with uh, uh, Nisekoi. Uh, Nisekoi, yeah. yeah, yeah, with the uh, husbando being the side boy. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, he's completely relatable. He's like the love that didn't work out mm -hmm. and shit. It's like you gotta pick up your life after it like shatters because yep. like, you put all your eggs in one fucking basket. Yep. Um. But yeah, I, I I would definitely I would recommend this to weebs because I feel like this is a good. This is a good anime Knife. movie to like watch. This isn't just, even just a quote unquote good anime movie. This is a, a good, good movie. movie. It's a good movie to watch to just see like good storytelling, mm -hmm. the idea of how to do horror differently, mm -hmm. to kind of see like a land, like a, a watershed movie, uh, 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 a moment in anime. Because it's like when, uh, when. Oshi directed this. Mm -hmm. This set the tone, the philosophical tone for the rest of his movies, especially like Ghost in the Shell, mm -hmm. where there's like, because this movie is like surprisingly contemplative, even with its like imagery, with like all of the shit it shows. It's like, do you remember that part where they're just walking down the street and there's like puddles on the floor? Yeah. And it's like, the puddles are like way deeper and like you can see like fish. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's so weird. And it's like, what does this mean? Yeah, yeah, it very much does lead into a lot of questionable symbols. Yeah. All right, let's call. Let's wrap it up. All right, so uh, I guess uh, that's been it for our review of uh, what was this fucking bullshit. Uruse Yatsura Two, Uruse Beautiful Yatsura Dreamer Two. Uh, I would recommend it. I would give it uh, fifteen golden octagons. <laughs> And I would just say you should watch it. Yeah, uh, find me on my feeds, Marcus Slinger, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, uh, all that bullshit. Support me on Patreon so me and Mark can buy more fucking toys for this uh, podcast. Or just food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, with your Patreon money, we managed to buy... What is this thing called, Mark? A, what is this um, double dongle called? A H4N Zoom mic. Yeah, or we, Zoom recorder. We bought this using uh, Patreon funds uh, mm -hmm. that I also used to pay the upkeep on our websites and shit. Yeah. Yep. It looks like a robot with two ding-dongs. <laughs> and on that note, have a good weekend. Yeah, uh, remember, keep dreaming. Yep.